So tonight we're going to talk about the patterns of community life. And a lot of this is probably redundant a little bit. We're going to go back to some fundamentals of community life. So hang with me. And um, I think like anything, if you want to do it well, it's really helpful to know the fundamentals and why we do what we do. So um, the first thing is God's plan has a communal nature to it. God himself is a communion, uh, community uh, through the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's also created us to be in communion with him, right? Like, we're supposed to be with him in union for all eternity. And that's why he's created each and every one of us. Um, God calls people to live life in community. And we see this particularly in our church, right? We see this. um, We are to be the body of Christ. And we are to be built up by one another. um, And we're built up, you know, by each other's gifts, our talents, and everything like that. Um, And we see community in a really great way through, through the Catholic Church, right? Um, early Christians lived in community. We, we know this from the Acts of the Apostles. We look back and, and people lived in community um, out of necessity and also to pass down the faith and to, to worship the Lord together. And we see this in even more recent history. Um, if you're from a rural area like I am, most small towns were, you know, people moved from, a, from another country and they all live together in community to, to help one another. So where I'm from, it's a bunch of German Catholic towns. Um, scriptures speak of communal nature of God's plan. So a few of those, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. Once you were no people, but now you're God's people. You are members of the household of God. You're being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Live like living stones. Let yourselves be built up into a spiritual house. Do you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And my favorite one is, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my sons and daughters. Or I will be their people. Or they shall be my people. I will be your father and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. So we're called and we're drawn into this life by God, right? He's, he brings people together into community. So you all are in a period of discernment of whether or not you will make a covenant community or covenant commitment to the community. So we're going to outline, like I said, some of the patterns of community life. And this is really an opportunity to understand those a little bit deeper. These are the things that we do in order to express, foster, and strengthen our life together. And so we're going to discuss, the things we'll discuss, the patterns are gatherings and events, service, pastoral care, teaching, the initiations process, and our commitment. Uh, but before moving into those details, I wanted to share just some personal uh, observations, some, some things Molly and I faced in our discernment process with community. Because um, I think this, hopefully it's helpful to you all, because when you discern something, there's, there's going to be um, some difficulties, there's going to be some doubts you know, things that will, will come up along the way. Um, so the first thing I would say is that God has a plan for all of our lives, right? He has a plan for, for our salvation. He has a plan for what he wants us to do. Um, so to, to always remember that, that in this discernment, this maybe is or is not part of God's plan for your life, right? And so that's okay, but he does have a plan for you, right? There, ultimately, God has a will for your life. And then if you're discerning that, you're going to find it. So it's a great thing that you're in a process of discernment, right? Um, the other thing is there's going to be temptations. And there's going to be judgments against community. Um, 
we've, we have this happen. Like the enemy really just wants to discourage and separate you, uh, single you out. He's going to lie. He's going to exaggerate. He's going to make little things seem bigger than what they probably are. Um, and that's just, if you feel those feelings and have those feelings, you can just kind of realize what they're, take them for what they are, right? That those are, those are not truths. Um, and then we're going to have our own doubts. And those tend to be a little bit more self-centered and focused. So ways to, uh, ways to kind of combat that. So God, God will speak love and mercy far more, far more often in our lives than he does to rebuke us, right? He, in ways to get to know the Lord's voice, um, we're all striving for daily personal prayer. So scripture is a way we get to know the Lord's voice, right? Um, other places, there's you know, approved writings from saints such as like saint faustina where we actually see quotations from jesus we actually see the words that he speaks so that's a great way to get to know his voice as well and the last thing i'd say about this is just that you're not alone in your doubts and struggles um they're not a bad thing if you if you do face these that's definitely going to be part of discernment but don't give them too much power um what i would say is just acknowledge them for what they are pray about them um and then seek brothers and sisters in the lord uh spiritual direction, someone you can kind of lean on for, for wisdom. So let's talk about our commitment. The first pattern of community life is our commitment. Um, joining our lives together provides a long-term and stable environment, right? Um, in the initiation stage and the affiliate commitment, everyone's asked to make a one-year commitment, and we, we all could probably imagine what it would look like if we didn't make an actual commitment, you know, how, how much more difficult everything would be. Small groups would be extremely difficult. Uh, we wouldn't actually probably grow in relationships that we do if we didn't make a commitment saying, you know, for this year I'm going to really try to put on this way of life and go forward. Um, through these commitments too, we form an environment of committed personal relationships, and that's really important. Uh, we learn how to be intentional with one another. And these commitments are what really is the glue that holds the community together. So our commitment to the Lord and then our commit, commit to one another and to be brothers and sisters who are then serving the Lord together. We commit for the sake of building an intergenerational community. So what we're doing here, what God's doing here isn't just for us, right? That's the hope. Like God, if we believe God has created this community, which we do, and that he is, he is doing something in this, um, he doesn't want it just for us. He wants it for more people, uh, for children that, that would come from community so this is something that without commitments, we wouldn't have that strong foundation to build something that's going to last. And also our commitments, God is about restoring a way of life through our commitments. We live in like a post-Christian society, right? Like you, in the past, you could say that we had more of a Christian society. I mean, um, just the thing that came in mind is like Archbishop Sheen having a television program in the 50s and 60s like that just doesn't, wouldn't happen now you know and one of, it actually was one, one of the most popular TV shows and he won all sorts of awards for it and it just it just try to think about that now like a, a bishop on CBS or ABC uh, probably not going to happen so God is about restoring a way of life he doesn't he's never going to leave us right he promised that he'll be with us to the end of, end of the age so he's trying to restore a way of Christian life and community and our our commitment is a way that he's, he's doing that. Um, so the next pattern is the initiation process. So this is really the time when we start to become mature Christ, Christians, right? Um, so while being a committed community member, we take part in small groups, community gatherings, and the broader life of communities. So we start to kind of get used to that. And then we also are getting some formation. And you know, we're hearing talks 
Um, and a couple things happen there. So we start to, to learn, you know, Christian truths that we can apply to our life. And then also we're, you know, we're committed to a group of people that we have to learn how to get along with, you know, and how to, how to communicate well with one another. And if we have disagreements, how do we handle those in a Christian, Christian matter? So that's, that's kind of what our initiation process, process does. And then the next pattern would be teaching. Um, God teaches us through his word. And the first thing that, that we have to kind of do in the Christian life right, is start to put on the mind of Christ. Uh, we're called to be like him. In, in Jesus' time, like, a group of people would follow a rabbi around, and they would mimic what he does in so many ways, how he walks, how he eats, how he talks. And they would try to be just like him. And so we start to put on the mind of Christ and try to live as he would live. Right? And so that's why these, one of the ways his teachings are so important to us. So finding time to learn about Christian truths, you know, and what the church teaches is, is kind of difficult. I mean, uh, I think we all, there's a lot of distractions in life, right? So to find time for that, it can be difficult. So community is a place where we can be built up and get an opportunity um, to learn these things. Great. So applying Christian truths to the various situations and stages of our lives. That's another reason why we have teachings. So there's different stages. We're all different things. We have family life. We have our professional lives. We have community life. Um, and then we learn also how to deal with practical realities. Like dating. Raising children. Um, stewardship. Like how are we going to be good stewards of our time, talents, and resources. And then finally, another reason is to keep the vision of what God has called us into. So I kind of mentioned it already, but there is tons of noise in our life. There's tons of distractions. I mean, social media probably is right up there at the top. I know it is for me. Like, that can waste so much time, unintentionally even. Um, and so there's a lot of things that kind of take us off of the path of holiness. Other things that take us off the path of, like, searching after the Lord. And our, our talks and community you might get to a point where you're like, I don't feel like I'm getting as much out of the talks anymore. You know, I feel like when I first started coming, like, I'd go to hear a talk and my heart would be burning, you know? Like, this is stuff I hadn't really thought about or, like, applied to my life. And you start to apply it, and maybe you don't have kind of that, that same emotional feeling when you come and hear a talk. <laughs> but, <laughs> like right now, probably. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's okay, because what it does is it helps keep our focus on the Christian life. Like, we have to have time to come back of the Lord, and, and I know like in my own life, I kind of get slowly off that path, and then maybe I come across a really great podcast or a video or something that I, I decide to listen to instead of maybe something more secular, and it just kind of brings me back to that path, right? So that's another reason for our teachings. And then giving directions to the community as a whole. So God, God is teaching us, and he's giving directions to the community. Um, and he does that through, through different ways. There's, in leadership, there's a lot of discernment. There's conversations that have. There's lots of prayer that goes on over things. There's um, in, our, in our formation nights and gatherings and stuff, there's prophetic senses. So God, God is definitely working in this community and guiding us um, and teaching us as we go. All right, another pattern, pastoral care and service. So we all understand pastoral care. We're all part of small groups, and we all have a pastoral leader, right? Um, so this is a group of people that we can really get to know more intimately. These are people that we share our successes, our struggles, and we really can share life with. These are people that become kind of a daily life support. So having brothers and sisters who are trying to live a, a life of discipleship is really helpful, right? Like I, 
I don't have a lot of friends outside of community that are going to encourage me to live as a disciple of the Lord. Right? Like I know, I know certain guys I can't go out with without Molly because I might have too many drinks. Quite frankly, it's just it's just that's the the culture that that it is still. They see no problem with that, so it's easy to kind of fall into that. But if I'm with my community brothers, I'm not concerned about that at all. It's not a it's not a slight concern for me to go out with them because I know it's not going to happen. Um, so so we are that daily life support for each other, and these groups help us to start transforming our faith from being something that's compartmentalized, where it's you know just maybe maybe daily prayer. Uh, if we're doing really well, but for most people, you know, maybe it's just going to, to mass on Sunday. But with these groups, we start to like to bring the Lord into our daily life, right? And start bring him into a daily walk with with Jesus. Um, and and our our groups can be a source of strength to persevere. So it's it's not easy um, at all, really, to live <laughs> to live the life we're called to. So it's nice to have friends to lean on, to talk to, uh, to be built up by. Mm-hmm. These groups are also a basic cell in our community life. So these are, the, these are we're probably going to have some of our strongest relationships, the people that we're in small group with. And it's probably some of the places where we're going to have the most intentional, um, like living out of community life. Um, they're the people that are probably going to be the first ones to sign up to bring you a meal if your family needs a meal for uh, a baby's born or, or loss of a loved one or something. Um, it's just... It's just easier, and it's a great blessing that we have our small groups. I think it's, I think you all would agree with that. And finally, our, our service um, is, is a, there's not a lot to say about service, but it's, it's a super important part of community life, right? Like, we're called to imitate Jesus, and in, and in our service is probably where we do it the best um, in imitating the Lord, right? He came to serve, not to be served. So that's where, what we're called to do as well. Our service is really an act of love. And it sometimes it's very, very simple things. <laughs> but it's, there's really a lot, of, there's a lot of goodness in that. Um, and it's cool, too, because now we get to see like, people's gifts be used in community. Like God has, has provided us with people with different giftings. Um, I know like, just a very simple gifting. Like Molly has a gifting of making people feel welcome and hospitality. Like she gets out the nice dishes. I would open a, a jar of salsa and a bag of chips and call it good, you know, like, and we'd have a lot less dishes, but, but it wouldn't be as, as welcoming. And that's just a very simple example, but it's, it's a blessing that we have complimentary gifts uh, that build up the community through our service. So we all serve in one way or another. And we all do our part. All right, so community gatherings. So we, we get together a lot in community, right? Does everybody else feel that? So there's lots of different ways to be involved in the community and to get together. So general gatherings, community formation nights, retreats, youth programs, there's so much small groups, social events, different things. Um, so what's the purpose of these general gatherings? Why do we do this? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we should not stay away from our assembly, as is a custom of some, but encourage one another. So we should be getting together. Um, well, the first primary reason, and this is why your small group prays at the beginning, this is why uh, we always have prayer time at our gatherings and formation nights, is to praise and worship and honor the Lord together, right? He is, he is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. And so we get together to do that and acknowledge him and direct our hearts and minds to him. It's, it's helpful to, to do that at the beginning of your time together, you know? Um, 
and ultimately he's the one that's called us together. So it's, it's recognizing that and, and uh, praising him for that and for the work that he's doing in our lives that he, that he would call us to, to be in community and have relationships with one another. So we do seek his direction and help. Uh, that's pretty common in our gathering time together. Uh, first step is just acknowledging that we need him and we do need him to, to live out community well, to live out our Christian life well. And it's cool too, because like, you've probably experienced this like through praying with one another. Um, we, we when we gather together, we have the opportunity to do that. Sometimes we, we can actually like lay hands on one another, pray for each other. We can intercede for one another um, in those times. And we also, uh, you know, we receive words. There's things that would build us up, and, and also some encouragement during that time. So we also get together to respond to what the Lord is saying or doing. Um, when the Lord speaks to us, it's in our response that we can finally take hold of the grace he is offering us, right? So you, you might notice sometimes, like, if there's a particularly, like, powerful word, um, like a formation night or something, we take time to, like, respond to that before maybe we go to the next song. You probably heard us say, like, let's take time to respond to this. Um, that is true in all areas of our life. Like, God, God really wants to pour out more graces than we've probably received, you know? Um, I, heard, I read uh, Consoling the Heart of Jesus by Father Michael Gately, and he was talking about that, how, it, how the Lord wants so badly to pour out graces, but people aren't ready or willing to receive them, right? So, so it's in our response to what the Lord is doing that we're going to receive that grace. So in our prayer time, asking the Lord that we would receive the grace that he would want to give us. Uh, we receive the Eucharist, Lord, Help me to receive the graces that you want to give me. Uh, you know, reconciliation, all these places that the Lord's pouring out graces. And then we get together also to strengthen and deepen our relationships with one another. Um, obviously, spending time together will strengthen those relationships. We get to know each other. You can't get to a point where to care about someone unless you get to know them, right? It's hard to care for people unless we know them. Um, and it's cool, too, because the Holy Spirit really does knit us together um, when we're focused on the Lord together. He really does. Um, he teaches us to love one another. He brings people together that, you know, quite frankly, there's a lot of you in this room I probably would have never met, you know, if it wasn't for community. <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit is about to work in that. And these times also obviously give us a time of, of company or fellowship with one another to, to be together and just to, to spend time as brothers and sisters all right, so the reason why I wanted to, I, I chose, I kind of like took this outline and I changed the entire order of it. And I wanted to end with this one because this is what our next thing we're going to go do is we're going to go down and, and have our, our prayer time, you know, and we're going to seek the Lord together. So, so this is some of the key features of our general gatherings, and that's expressive praise and worship. And this is what probably sets us apart, really, our community versus there's other great groupings of people all over in, in parishes and different groups. There's lots of different movements. The Lord is about a lot of awesome things. Um, but one thing that sets us apart is our, our, our expressive praise and worship, our charismatic praise. And it's so funny because I wouldn't have expected to be here. You know, like growing up, I didn't, never would have guessed. You know, at one point in my life, I said I, I don't like Christian music and I said it in a pretty poor way. It's funny how, uh, it's funny how, um, God has a sense of humor, right? Because, like, now, like, 
uh, a couple of my stations on my my radio, you know, that you lock in or whatever, um, are, are K-Love and 88.5, so here we are. Um, but let's talk a little bit about expressive praise and worship, and I think these are some pretty cool fundamentals that I hadn't really thought about. Um, so as human beings, we were put together sacramentally. What that means is that there's interior things going on, there's interior realities that are kind of like manifested exteriorly, right? Um, just like in a sacrament. So, like, if you were really upset about something, it's pretty hard to hide that. You know, your, your body, um, your facial expressions, those types of things. And so, we are moved interiorly, and exteriorly, there's manifestations of that, right? Like, singing, one thing's kneeling down, like, maybe you've experienced this at a, a gathering or formation night. Like, sometimes you just feel maybe in awe of God's goodness and who he is and you just feel like I just need to kneel before the Lord right now you know that's something that's very real we see happen clapping of hands these different things as Catholics we actually are probably most Catholics are more charismatic than they realize like uh, in this way like we're taught to genuflect before we we enter into a pew we're taught to bow like um, our our bodily movements are part of our prayer and our praise of the Lord, right? It's, it's a sign, it's expressive signs of giving honor and respect to the Lord. And that's what our, our prayer time is, right? Um, so God, God builds, up, builds us up in these times together, and he, he definitely pours out graces and gifts at this time. And the gifts that he gives are for building up the community. Like, it definitely blesses people, if they have it, you know, receive a word. Uh, it blesses people if they receive the gift of tongues. If they have a particular gifting of praying with people for healing, uh, these are things that bless people, but they're not for themselves, right? Completely, like it's for building up the community and, and helping everyone else as well. Um, and God wants to give all of us spiritual gifts, right? And I think that's an area that a lot of us um, can receive a lie in that it's not for us. Uh, maybe I have, I've done something that I'm not good enough. Maybe my relationship with the Lord isn't strong enough. Um, but th- that's just kind of a roadblock between you and the Lord. Um, and he, that's just not true, <laughs> quite frankly. It's just not true. And so the example I wanted to give was of St. Paul. Like, St. Paul became a very amazing man. <laughs> you know, what he did for the Lord and what the Lord did through him. And St. Paul literally when he was, you know, going after Christians, literally stoned people to death. Like, that's pretty horrible. It's pretty horrific when you think about it. But God still wanted to use him. So the point is, there's nothing we've done, there's no failings that would keep God from wanting to give us spiritual gifts, from wanting to touch us in that way. So they are for everybody. Uh, no one's better than anybody else. It is, it is something God wants to to give to everyone. Um, so in closing, I, hopefully this has been somewhat helpful to go a little bit deeper um, into these patterns. And I think we're probably going to have some time. I tend to give quick <laughs> presentations. So if we have questions, we can go over those. But I would just say some encouragement. Keep fighting the good fight. Um, keep searching after the Lord, living as a disciple. And go deeper into these patterns of community life. Like, take time to, to study them a little bit, to, to take them to prayer time with the Lord. And, like, because this is part of the community life, this is part of what we're committing to. And, and um, 
And I would say, too, at the end of your discernment process, don't be afraid that you're going to like, have to make a tough decision. Because you're not. You will discern community life. Like You'll know, this is what I'm called to, or God wants me over here instead. Like That will happen. If you discern it and take time and, and pray and, and actually discern it actively. Um, so take heart in that. Don't, don't, be, don't be worried. Enjoy this time uh, in your discernment process. And uh, it will definitely be clear to you. So, yeah. So tonight in our prayer time, turn to the Lord with an open heart and, and uh, just receive the gifts that he wants to give you uh, and the graces. Because when we turn to him, he, he definitely responds. So that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, guys.